2022 could not have started any better for the Boston Bruins, who took four out of the possible four available points this weekend against the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings. We're going to get into all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Monday, January 3rd. And I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins your first listen in 2021. I encourage you to do the same here in the new year. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And please do subscribe on YouTube. Each new episode will be automatically added to your pod feeds and the YouTube channel. And you can download, listen, and enjoy at your leisure. Uh, Please do rate and review if you could as well. That would be very much appreciated. And uh, tell a friend about the Locked On Bruins podcast. It would be great to continue to grow here in the new year. Uh, on social media, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, my hockey tweets, dad jokes, at Ian C. McLaren. As I mentioned off the top, the Bruins are 2-0 and to begin the new year. Best team in the NHL this year. And uh, they're also 2-0 and since I got this new toque for Christmas. Uh, which I will not take off my head until they lose. Now, uh, the Bruins beat the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday afternoon in Detroit, overtaking a team that was ahead of them in the standings in terms of points at least. Uh, The Bruins now sit in fourth in the Atlantic, one point up on the Red Wings, still with five games in hand on Detroit. They're 10 points back of Toronto for third place with three games in hand on the Maple Leafs. Their 607 uh, point percentage puts them ahead of uh, Columbus for the final wildcard spot, but they still rank eighth in the Atlantic in that, uh, in that category in point percentage and now in actual points. Minus seven goal differential is also at the bottom of all playoff teams in the Atlantic. So it was a great weekend for the Bruins, but there's still a lot of work to go, and they do have to build on this uh, strong effort over the weekend against two teams that, let's be honest, they needed to beat. But it was a strong team effort all weekend long. Uh, Connor Ryan of the Boston Hockey Journal noted that 14 different Bruins recorded at least one point over the weekend, uh, which is great to see, fitting that the secondary scoring coming Finally, in 2022. Uh, Now, Patrice Bergeron scored his 11th goal of the season, just over five minutes to go in the first period to get things started uh, after Tyler Bertuzzi had given the Red Wings a first period lead. It was kind of the same old story early on. Bruins out shooting the opposition. They get the goal and... uh, the Bruins found themselves behind despite outplaying Detroit. Uh, but then um, 
Brad Martian set the tone even more with a scrap with Detroit's Vladislav Domestikov that resulted in seven minutes of penalties for Martian, but um, they soon had company in the penalty box as Jeremy Swayman got into it with Robbie Fabry in front of the Bruins net. Now Swayman was called for unsportsmanlike conduct. Eric Howla uh, took his seat in the penalty box and that proved to be fortuitous as uh, the center exited from the penalty box, put himself in perfect position to create a breakaway and snipe one into the top corner to give the Bruins a 2-1 lead at the 7.37 mark of the second period, proved to be the game winner. And it was, um, yeah, another impressive performance for Hala as the second line center. He said he felt his game was headed towards the right direction before the COVID break happened. And he thought his game elevated when he got put on the wing a little bit uh, to try to mix things up. And now he feels like he's been trending towards what he has expected for himself. Hala skated again in the middle between Taylor Hall and David Pasternak. And uh, he's excited to play with two great players to get an opportunity to play with those two is exciting. Um, The Bruins still had a lot to give in this game Uh, with 20 minutes left to play. The Bruins uh, put up three goals in the third period. Uh, Charlie McAvoy started things off with a one-timer off a beautiful cross-ice pass from Taylor Hall to extend the lead to three to one. Uh, McAvoy's fifth goal of the season, fourth point in two games after three uh, assists against Buffalo on Saturday. He was the big bear of the game in that one. Uh, Taylor Hall, I loved seeing uh, instead of settling for kind of a shot attempt from the outside the dot, he had that vision to pass it over to uh, to McAvoy, who made no mistake. Trent Frederick uh, scored his first goal of the season later in the game. Bruce Cassidy said he was happy to see him score. Probably doesn't factor much into the game, the end result. Uh, because it was a late goal, but for all the chances he's had and worked hard to get, uh, Cassidy was glad to see him get on the score sheet as well. I'll talk about Trent Frederick here in a moment as well. Uh, Jeremy Swayman made 23 saves, 24 shots to pick up the victory, and yeah, was just happy to see the team clicking on all cylinders. We're all on the same page, doing our job, making sure that when we do have an opportunity, we take advantage of it, Swayman said. It's been good to get games and get those opportunities against great teams. I wouldn't exactly call Buffalo and Detroit great teams, but uh, it was very important for the Bruins to get four points out of this weekend, and they managed to do so. And uh, we'll talk a bit more about uh, these games. Award the Big Bear of the Night here in a moment. But first, a note about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year and that means new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better to be honest. It makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you actually want to eat it, unlike other protein bars. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring 
like week three, you're thinking this is just not worth it. Whereas the chocolate, again, they're covered in 100% chocolate and they're also good for you. Uh, here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at work, in the car, throw out all the sugary and calorie filled treats and replace them with built bars. When you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Now, there's so many flavors to choose from. Go to build.com right now, put together your box, and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at build.com. You will not regret it. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Boston Ruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all podcast platforms, so please do subscribe and also jump on the YouTube page as well. That would be very much appreciated. Now, all season long, if you've been listening to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, I've talked about a few things that have helped uh, or have kept, sorry, the Bruins from um, really breaking out or succeeding this season. First of all, there was the terrible schedule to begin. Many multi-day breaks in between there there was the COVID-19 pause and then of course so many new faces on the Boston Bruins to incorporate into a new lineup not only did you have the guys that were signed on the first day of free agency uh, Nick Foligno, Thomas Nosek, Eric Howla, Derek Forbort, Linus Allmark uh, you also had Mike Riley, Taylor Hall, Curtis Lazar those were guys that were brought in um, at the trade deadline uh, and not, you know, under normal circumstances. So that's eight players right there. A third of the active roster almost, or even more than a third of the active roster. Checking my math, eight out of 23 that, uh, you know, had to be brought in, become acclimated to the system, get to know the guys. Bessie's jumping in on the podcast here. Say hi, Bessie. And um, yeah, just difficult to integrate all that in this weekend. Finally, we got some contributions from all over the board. Uh, Felino scored his first goal of the season. Uh, Holla got off the, off the schneid, so to speak. Thomas Nosek got in there. Uh, Trent Frederick, Mike Riley recorded a point. Um, everybody contributing all things clicking. Yes. It was against the Sabres and the Red Wings. Two teams that the Bruins are supposed to be better than, that they are better than, uh, but it really helped the confidence I know for all these guys, like a Nick Felino, you know, coming in hot, saying on the Bruins' social media that he wants to score 20 goals this year, to score on the first game, the first day of the year, that has to be huge for him. And uh, it was just great to see all things clicking. Another thing that has kept the Bruins down is their shooting percentage of five on five. Their underlying numbers have been strong all season long. Uh, they've had strong shot attempt differentials, shot differentials. Uh, they've had uh, strong high danger chance differentials even. The one thing that was uh, really going against them was their puck luck five on five. They had a uh, league low shooting percentage at five on five heading into 2022 over the weekend, all nine of their goals were scored at five on five. Doesn't say much about the power play, but to get that five on five scoring was huge for the Bruins. 
They're now up to 6.31% at five on five, no longer bottom of the league. And that regression back to the mean was, uh, was huge for the Bruins this weekend for sure. Uh, now their PDO still a bit low. If you look at shooting percentage five on five, as well as uh, save percentage five on five, the idea is that teams will usually hover around 100. Uh, if you're below that, you're either not getting good goaltending or your shooting percentage is below 10%, which is generally where it should be. Uh, the Bruins right now, their PDO is 98.7, uh, kept down by that uh, lower shooting percentage, 27th in the NHL. So that should rise based on their strong underlying numbers. They're actually getting pretty good goaltending lately from Allmark and Swayman. Uh, Swayman, the better of the two over the weekend. And with Tukarask perhaps coming back, the goaltending should improve even more. And that bodes well for the Bruins here in 2022. Now, they also have uh, a pretty packed schedule. And um, they should have no excuses trying to find that groove. That was one of the things working against them. Still three games coming up this week. One against New Jersey tomorrow night. One against Minnesota on Thursday. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday, which will be a huge test uh, for the Bruins. Now, before we move on, I did want to award the Big Bear of the night for Sunday's game against Detroit. Sorry, Bessie keeps trying to walk on the computer here. Bessie, say hi. Now go find something else to do, please. Um, the Big Bear, I'm going to give to Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, uh, very impressive over the weekend, playing on the line with Howla and um, and uh, David Pasternak. Bruce Cassidy made a point of shifting the lines to try to get Taylor Hall going, and it really did work for him. In this one, he had the one assist on McAvoy's goal. He had three shots, also some strong defensive play with three blocks in the game. And I've really liked Taylor Hall's game since the calendar turned. Uh, you know, he had the goal against Buffalo on Saturday, the assist against uh, the um, Red Wings on Sunday. I don't think he'll be a point-per-game guy necessarily, but uh, if he can keep this up, that would be a huge bonus for the Boston Bruins. Like I said, New Jersey is up on uh, Tuesday night. The Devils are currently, uh, let's see, only three points back of the Boston Bruins in the race for the wildcard spot, although they do too have um, five more games played than the Bruins. So games in hand will be a huge factor for the Bruins here going forward. Uh, but they do have a pretty dynamic duo going right now in Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes, since returning from injury, has been very good for the New Jersey Devils, so not a team to take lightly by any means. But we will um, talk about that game on tomorrow's podcast for sure, uh, as well as update the Atlantic Division Power Rankings, which we'll do every Tuesday here on the podcast. But the big story for the Bruins this uh, weekend, secondary scoring, five-on-five scoring, and uh, nice to see so many guys chip in. I did want to mention Trent Frederick. I was tweeting about him the other day, uh, questioning why he's getting so many opportunities over uh, 
say a guy like Jack Stanika or a guy like Zach Sanishin. He's got 79 NHL games under his belt, only nine points. He did score that goal yesterday, was rewarded for pounding the net, got that juicy rebound, buried it. I understand he's getting opportunities because he's a fourth-line guy. Uh, I'd like to see more of what he brought yesterday. I do like Trent Frederick as a player. Um, I think he can bring, yeah, something unique to this team. Uh, but I also do think that guys like Stanika, Sinitian, should get some opportunities as well, should get some extended opportunities as Frederick has. Uh, you could easily take him out of the lineup, put one of those guys in the top nine and bump someone like a Nick Felino down to the fourth line. Anyways, for the time being, nothing's going to change because uh, the Bruins are winning. Bruce Cassidy likes keeping things uh, consistent when the team is winning, so I wouldn't expect any changes ahead of tomorrow night's game unless there are uh, any unforeseen injuries. Curtis Lazar was banged up over the weekend. Oscar Steen came in on um, Sunday, played very well. I'd like to see him stay in the lineup, actually. And uh, Carson Kuhlman entered COVID-19 protocols as well. Forgot to mention that. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't spread at all uh, throughout the team. Now, as we do here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, let's end with some news and notes from around the NHL. Speaking of COVID-19, Artemi Panarin uh, entered COVID-19 protocol, which is a uh, big loss for the New York Rangers. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff as well for the Anaheim Ducks. So it's still something that's an issue around the league. Uh, the postponements that are happening now are mostly based with Canadian games and uh, with pushing them back so that uh, they're not played in front of empty arenas. Um so hopefully some of that COVID outbreaks around the NHL are behind uh, behind them for sure. Um, any news or rumors that are affecting the Boston Bruins? Well, there is, you know, still some rumblings out of Alberta that uh, Jake DeBrusque could be a target for the, uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Jim Matheson explored the trade market for help uh, in the Edmonton Journal. Um, he said Bruins winger Jake DeBrusque could help, but it would cost $4.8 million to qualify his rights this summer. That is uh, probably one of the bigger hangups in a uh, Jake DeBrusque trade at the moment. That qualifying offer that he will be due uh, is a bit prohibitive for teams, especially since he's not really producing at the moment. He is playing pretty strong. Uh, overall, good efforts over the weekend playing with Coyle and Felino, but um, still needs to be putting up some goals to justify that uh, qualifying salary. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for news and notes from around the NHL here this weekend. Great to see some um, yeah, games actually going on. Florida Panthers forward Sam Bennett was suspended for three games, I should mention. Uh, the Bruins don't play the Panthers anytime soon, so that won't affect uh, affect them at all. Uh, the Winter Classic was the NHL's coldest game ever. I watched a bit of it on Saturday. Uh, nice to see our old friend Tori Krug scoring that one. And, um, yeah, it was fun to watch for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. I hope you all had a great weekend. I spent part of it binge-watching Cobra Kai. 
I could talk for a whole episode about Cobra Kai, how much I love the Karate Kid movies, how much this reboot is a perfect blend of nostalgia and kind of moving the story forward in meaningful ways. I'm very excited for season five. Hope, hopeful that Karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes, will make an appearance in that one. I also finished my Leftovers rewatch and uh, now trying, now as the holidays end, to uh, put down the screens a bit more and uh, get back into reading uh, to hit that Goodreads goal this year, which is 30 books, which I surpassed last year and hopeful I'll do again. Anyways, that is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, great weekend for the Bruins. Got to keep it going against the Devils. And then a couple of tough tests later this week in the Minnesota Wild and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those will be some big measuring stick games for sure. Anyways, I hope you're all doing well, uh, staying healthy, staying as positive as possible through these times. And uh, I hope that this podcast can uh, yeah, provide a good distraction for you. And uh, if you want to keep the conversation going, hit me up on social media at Locked NHL Bruins or at ENC McLaren. You can also comment on the YouTube channel as well. So yeah, that's it for today, friends. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.